Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Yes, everyone, thank you. We've all seen the video of the walrus wanking himself (laughs) off. We appreciate being... Tagged in that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I can now say I've seen a walrus's penis, which uh, despite oh, working with one all these years, I never thought I would have to be subjected to. He's very reserved, our Billy. Yeah. Yeah. This is clearly one of his estranged cousins who's took it a bit too far. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's 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 a wonderful story. The headlines that came out of it. Uh, my favorite one is UK town cancels New Year fireworks for Warris only for it to masturbate and leave. Um, <laughs> brilliant. So good. A, they, they sort of tackled all three parts of the story there. Warris, well, all four parts. Warris arrives, as it were. <laughs> Warris cancels fireworks. It was in Scarborough, wasn't it? I think something. Um, like that. Yeah. Warris masturbates. Warris leaves. Um, is there is there some sort of uh, Caesar joke in there that we could do? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, I don't, but, I mean, who's going to say it? <laughs> who's going to do it? He's going to do it. I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm educated eats, enough for this. Eats wanks and leaves. He came. He saw. He conquered. Oh, uh, okay. Going to say I didn't realise that was Caesar. He came. He came. He came. <laughs> yeah. He, he saw. saw. And he went to a different town and did it. Hasn't he come? To sort of the Tyne and Weir area now. Yeah, oh, that's God. part of the reason we were tagged in it. I mean, we get tagged in all of the... Whenever a walrus turns up in the UK, even if it's down in the south, we get tagged. But he actually came to the northeast. Um, oh, wow. After Lucky he'd been boys. in Scarborough. <laughs> doing, doing the tour. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go and see him, though, which I feel kind of bad about. Um, for context, for those who don't know, a walrus turned up on the coast of Britain. And uh, at one point, it was videoed... Was it intentionally masturbating? It seemed to be sort of genuinely enjoying itself. So I think maybe it was. Um, but yeah. I didn't know that many animals yeah. did it, to be honest. Having a nice time. Yeah. A little fiddle. Why not? Yeah. Thor is his name. Uh, truly a beautiful Thor. specimen. Thor. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> okay. Just oh, sounds like dear. he's got a lisp and he's been doing it too much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Bit> Thor. <laughs> Oh my god, that's beautiful! Um, see, I've not actually seen the wanking walrus. All I've I've heard about it, but then there was a line that had to be crossed when I had to decide whether or not I wanted to see it, and I didn't cross that line. Am I missing out? Uh, no. I'd say yes, but I mean, <laughs> well, it's, it, it depends what you want from life. Is this something you feel like you would enhance and enrich your life, or I don't, I don't know. Peter seems to think the answer is no, though. I mean, it, it's certainly a, an interest. Well, not even interesting. A unique spectacle. It's a unique video. But like I say, I, I wasn't. I didn't want to see a walrus penis, and now I've seen <laughs> one, and I'm hmm. not happy about it. 
Yeah, that's okay. True. Then maybe I'll, I'll think about it and I'll let you guys know if I change my mind. <laughs> yeah, please do. Report okay. back. <laughs> um, speaking of which, well, not speaking of which, uh, while we were thinking of talking of that, I realized that we've not done a Dave. So that needs oh, to be no. done before we right. continue. Shit. Sorry. On Twitter. Oh, God. Let me have a look. Just in case <sighs> you're curious about that and you don't know, and you don't use Twitter, or you do use Twitter, and you don't follow us at Vidiot's Official, every single episode we tweet at Dave Benson Phillips, which marks the official start of this episode's thread. We then reply to that with images vaguely uh, sort of teasing the kind of things that we're talking about so people can see what we're discussing, kind of, before the episode comes out. And then they have to piece it together, and it makes no sense. And it's useful for any vis- uh, visual things are things that we bring along also we can true. actually just include yeah. the image oh, guys i'm sweating bullets here mm-hmm. i'm looking at every there's not a single image of dave that we've not used yet <laughs> we, <laughs> we have used, gone to the well we've, often um I mean, we've used every dave benson phillips image on the internet well it's, it's getting to the point where we ha- we'd have to in we, we'd like intentionally misspell his name and now not even that's throwing up anything interesting i think oh, man oh my god is this it is well this... what do we do then we can't what? not have a dave well we can't we need something but why don't we um we could replace well we will never replace dave but we could do something else we could do oh. like is there another who's our favorite who's our second favorite kids tv <laughs> presenters <laughs> Neil Boo Cakes. Neil Boo Cakes. Neighbor's cat. Will there be? There's only like two pictures of the neighbor's cat, so we can't do the neighbor's cat. Yeah, you need someone who's prolific and been here for years. There's a a repertoire of images to pull from. Something Um, of a meme. Shrek, I feel, is too mainstream. Blobby. 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 We could do Blobby. There's got to be lots of Blobby out there. I'm I'm checking as we speak. Mr. Blobby. Oh my God, there's loads. fantastic <laughs> so are we are we leaving him out of it now is that what we i feel like we'll still talk about dave benson phillips whenever he's relevant whenever he comes up in the news because he's told people to put their cocks back and so <laughs> yeah. on we're not leaving him out of it we'll never do that but um we might have to leave him out of the, the thread beginnings i mean yeah i mean i'm i'm committed i'm just oh there's so many blobbies real blobbies fake blobbies big blobbies <laughs> little blobbies blobbies of every kind <laughs> Fantastic. So this is this is a blobcast now. Oh yeah. This is Blobbyits. <laughs> Blobbyits. Blobbyits. There uh, we go. We would ask you to support us in this trying transitional period. Mm. Please, yeah. Give your love to Blobby. You might be nervous. Yeah. I'm sure you'll all give him a big warm video. It's welcome. Blobby has never been nervous about anything in his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Wow. That's it. Rest in well, not sorry, not rest in peace. Rest in <laughs> peace. Yeah, see it. See you. <laughs> that's it. He's gone. Retired. Yeah. Well, that's God. Okay. Well, my God. Every fortnight is going to be a real treat. I can tell already. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. should we? Should we? Should we blobby it? Yeah. Let's mm. blob. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podiots, the official Vidiots podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three us, where everybody brings a thing along to talk about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. 
a oh, brand new year of Podiots. This is the fifth year of Podiots. Oh, How does that make you feel? No. What? Ancient. That's not right, is it? Old boys. Old, old boys. Uh, I don't think there's... I mean, we'll find out when we get to the end of... Uh, the end of the show, but I don't imagine there was a great deal going out on the Vidiots YouTube channel five years ago, but there will be soon. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, we get to re-experience the wonderful fledging beginning of Vidiots, the the, mm. the lofty peaks, and then the slow crumbling downfall. Oh, oh yes. What the cavernous yeah. lows. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we went to, we went to BAFTA so soon. You know, as before, you bit by built a reputation for ourselves with you know being well. Yeah, exactly. I think it's before anyone knew <laughs> knew that that we shouldn't be at BAFTA. Oh, we knew that we shouldn't yeah. be at BAFTA, <laughs> and we did tell them. And they realised we shouldn't be at BAFTA once we were at BAFTA on air, but uh, yeah, sadly, no sooner did they realise. It's weird. It's weird that they they haven't invited us back. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really strange. Uh, this will also be the uh, this will be the fourth year actually that I will say at several points throughout the year. Oh, I really need to rewatch that, and I won't. Yeah, uh, because that is just an ongoing saga. <sighs> Got to do it. What was it? Skyrim Zoo. I need to rewatch that. Yeah. I actually do. I've been meaning to. Oh, I've watched years. the odd bit of Skyrim Zoo. Uh, it's good. It's good stuff. I think it's, I thought we were brilliant. Yeah, yeah, fucking world class. <laughs> fucking fantastic. And Real team hey, effort, you, that one. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if you like what it is that we're doing now and not just what we did then, or me, me, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> or maybe you're, you've discovered the stuff we did five years ago and uh, have decided that actually, you know what, I do want to support that now for some reason, <laughs> then you can go to podiots.com. That's podiots.com. And that'll redirect you to a lovely website where you can donate and support the show. If you donate £3 or more, you get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. And you join Pod Squad, Blob Squad. Blob Squad. Which is really exciting. Uh, I believe Mikey's going to kick us off with the first Blob Squad of 2023. The the first um, unknowing entrance into the Blob Squad. We Mm. begin with Raindrop Joy. Mike L. Blobby Moore's Death Pool. Is a big scrot breath. <laughs> scrot breath. Mm. Per, oh no. Perenna, per, oh my God, I can't do words. Perennially. Peren, <laughs> per, per, wait, let me do this like so. You, you can do it. You can do it. Perennially. <laughs> Perennial. Per, per, oh you are so close. <laughs> Perennialum? No. That's, per, perennialum? That's what it says. Per. per, per Perenalum, perenalum. Oh, perennial, perennialum poo cannon <laughs> peak present. <laughs> took me. Oh. I thought I thought perennialum was a word, but oh, you got me there. Perennialum poo cannon present. <laughs> no tea on the end there. Like it. This is a shart attack. New year, newbies. Test donation. Mikey, don't read. Wendy Miller. Sarah, please call. I've got clap. I fucking hate my job sometimes. Oh, bless you. Never trust a fart. Happy New Year, boys and girls. Mr. Black, the generous, almost as old as Atari, and they say, 
Happy New Year, boys. Just wanted to celebrate my impending 50th birthday by sending Ooh. some Penningtons your way. Oh, thanks. Thanks for all the great entertainment over the years and being such lovely, supportive fellas with an amazing community. Hugs from Polly and me. Oh, well, happy birthday. Happy thank birthday. You. Happy yeah. birthday. Well, thank you very much. And we thank continue you. with Donak 07, quick stall for time, and Stephen Scordes. Amazing. Thank you very much, everyone. Also, we've got... Froas Neuers Yartovic. Uh, we've got New Year same poop jokes. You know it's all about Dakum. Uh, Freddie Weber is a ball bag. The very generous Polish me Yaya. Po- Polish me Yaya, I guess. Uh, who says, I found Triple Jump about a month ago. Quickly moved to watch Vidiots. I listened to 100 episodes of Podiots in the last two weeks. Wow. No. <laughs> Please send help. Love, Michael. Well, thank wow. you very much indeed. My goodness me. Jesus, thank Welcome. you. That's dedication. Wow. Yeah. Uh, How's the brain rock going? Is it you okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, we've also got Anne Wicks flick dicks in Wick, Blobby's sloppy blow jobby, oh. uh, 2023 now with more Wicks. Uh, it's me, Peter Austin, noted supporter of women. Uh, I guess they go together. It's me, yeah. Peter Austin, noted supporter of women. Um, a oh. glass of Dettol every day. Shit mm. games, three wankers. I am the Blob Glogger. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I am the blob glogab galab. Well um, missing that Carolussi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I come in the land down under uh, th- and thousand yard potato smile. Uh, finally, we have Bartex jingle bulks. Mr. Sack drops into New Year. This is Crapolian. Please ignore. The very generous Prince Beefcakes who said, Merry New Year, y'all. Time is fake and my internal clock is convinced it's still like May 2021 or so at the latest. Love, Prince Beefcakes. Keys, keys. Uh, we've Thank got you very much. Ploppy Pulp, My Bum Don't Stop, which feels like a typo. Uh, the incredibly generous Koala Keeper Jess, who said, Here's one Australian dollar for each amazing episode. You guys keep me entertained during my long drive to and from work. Thanks for the laughs. Jeez, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jess. Thank you. Uh, Kermit the Docks, who was also very generous. What? No, my IRL name is not Joe. What? What? Now I'm confused. (laughs) Oh, this is from, I think, the last one. Someone asked Kermit if their real name was Joe in a in a donation. Oh, wow. That's the real long-form storytelling. <laughs> People <there>. are communicating <laughs> by a phone spot. Just yeah, communicating with, like, scratchings on a desk in school. <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of doxing, I myself have often wondered if Awesome Fox 42 and Big Titty Jesus 42 are related. If not, I hope you're married. Please confirm. Kind regards, Kermit the Pog. Yes, their last name is 42. Right, so if Awesome Fox 42 and or Big Titty Jesus 42 could please donate £20 next, uh, next week. Please give us an answer. Please. We can find out. Uh, this is Mikey again. Please ignore. I'd pay £69 for an episode. Nice. Mr. Macca, this is Mikey. Please ignore. <laughs> Is a filthy wanker <laughs> for some reason. Have you seen the price of grip? Uh, have the Have you seen the price of grimace? <laughs> Peter is the best math teacher, singular, yes. not the best English teacher. Clearly, mm. yeah, take that. Uh, Brian from January Knife. 
New Year, now single River Fox. Your boy Milo and Big Titty Jesus, 42, we did it. That was a big old pod squad there. Thank you so much, all of you, for your incredible generosity. We appreciate and love you all. And remember, if you'd like to join Pod Squad, donate three pounds or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. Podiots.com. That's pod... What is it? Podiots... Podiots... Podiots.com. 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 Mikey, I think you've got some questions. I've got a question. What was your favourite Pod Squad? Oh, yeah, good one. Oh, jeez. God, it was um, a good selection this week. I think the Carol, Carol, Carolinussy or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, Carolussy was pretty good. Carolussy, um, that's it. Yeah, that's a good one. I quite like Have You Seen the Price of Grimace? Yeah. <laughs> it took me by surprise. Yeah, and I the multiple This Is Mikey Please Ignores, which <laughs> all of which I were not Mikey. that we asked for that. And then this <laughs> Wait, happens every time. Oh, God. Yeah, did we ask so. for it? I think so. I think we just there was a throwaway comment, and it was like, "Yeah, what if everyone did that?" And then people did, and uh, we all forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people paid money it. to do it, and we got nothing out of it apart from this bit of chat that we're having right now. So this is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, value for money. It's an MP3, so it doesn't doesn't weigh anything. No. Uh, my favorite is thousand yard potato smile. Mm. Mm. that's a good one as well yeah well would you like another hard-hitting question Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, i really should have opened them up before i asked that question but that's fine i can i can freestyle it we got one from connor mulcahy i'm gonna say um at conroy underscore milk on twitter and i feel like this is just the the way we have to start every year now is um what are your predictions for 2023 oh god i, I believe when he did this last year mikey destroyed the tesco meal deal what 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 other oh, yeah, horrors the, the queen well, and, died and ben as well. killed the queen as well um, yeah i oh, predicted yeah. did i predict nuclear war no. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I predicted something that when we realised that two of them were... Oh, no, I predicted that Dave would legally <laughs> <laughs> legally pursue us. And we have now, for not those reasons, switched <laughs> to Mr. Blobby. So, in a way, I was right, but I was also wrong, because it's nothing yeah. to do with that. Um, <laughs> making it sound a lock like it is to do to that. To do yeah, that. the lady doth protest too much, I think. Um <laughs> No, it's fine. That was the one thing. So maybe one of these things won't come true. The other two will. So uh, okay, this could we'll be very grim. At the end. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, knowing the power we now wield, there's, there's a lot of lot of um, power behind these words. It's, yeah. it's quite scary. I think I'm. There's a bit of me that wants this to become true and thinks it could be possible, although realistic or not. Maybe it's the return of the three-pound Tesco meal deal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, this year's re- wreaked havoc on supply chains, prices, everything's gone up. Uh, maybe this is me being extremely hopeful for a better 2023, but maybe, just maybe, um, they'll, 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 everything will level out, things become a bit cheaper, and they say, hey, us, the, the multi-billion dollar conglomerate, let's, let's help out the little guy. Let's reduce our prices again. Wow. I think... I'd like, I'd want that to happen. I hope it happens. Mm. I'm I'm trying to think of a prediction based on it's not really a global a global thing, but I want to make a prediction based on the fact that we will be attending the Dick and Dom <gasps> in the bungalow oh, thing. Yeah. Whether oh, I can God. predict I sort of One want of us to goes predict on stage. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, okay. We could predict that because they do pick on the VIPs, apparently. And if they asked me, I would certainly go up. I think you you both said that you 
wouldn't be so keen, didn't you? Oh no, or, I'd be keen. Uh, I'd be keen. Oh, you'd be I'm keen. not interested. Keep right. me out of audience participation. I just want <laughs> to watch. Leave it. me alone. Oh, I'd be trembling. Like if it's like, oh, I, I'd be absolutely shit my pants. But I could not live with myself if I said no to that. Yeah, me too. Um, I wasn't going to say go on stage. I was going to say um, I, I could predict that we'll end up with a little sort of liner uh, to use on the podcast by either. Um, we've already got one from the neighbor's cat, but maybe from Dick, Dick and or Dom saying you're listening, <laughs> you're listening to Podiots or something. But that would involve one of us asking them to say that into our phones. And I, that's something I wouldn't want to do. See, uh, I wouldn't mind asking them to do that. If, yeah, you're if good at that we kind were of thing. talking to them for, for a short period of time, I wouldn't mind sneakily asking, especially if we've been drinking as well. <laughs> yeah, but I don't yeah. want to get up on stage in front of a load of people. That's, that's where I'm. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, we could start with like saying, "Oh, we uh, us and Dave Chapman go way back. You know, we're good friends." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we like before he was we famous. Like a year. <laughs> we go back an entire year, man. <laughs> okay, well, my prediction will be there will be, to some extent or other, a Dick and Dom crossover event with um, with us, which involves oh, more than man. us just sitting in their audience. And by Ooh. that, I mean we will either be on stage with them. Or we might get their voices in some way, shape, or form on this podcast. They will yes, not please. be guests. Don't get excited. <laughs> hey, we'll try. We'll try. I like that. I like the sound of that a lot. Oh man. Um. Um. Oh god. I think I, I had one for a second. I'm trying to remember it. It's something. Something kind of grim. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I think. In the year 2023. Oh, why is this so hard? It is hard, isn't it? It is pretty difficult, yeah. It's really difficult. Um, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be exciting. It could be... Something. No, no, I suppose not. Uh, maybe... Um, <laughs> uh, I don't... Guys, I don't know. I don't That's, know. You don't have to come up with anything right now. You don't right have now. to answer. There's no legal obligation here to answer. You can yeah. think throughout the podcast, perhaps. Okay. I'll have a think. I'll have a think. All right. All right. Well, thank you, boys. Um, who would like to begin with their thing? I, I don't mind going first. Oh, I'd love... Uh, ring us into the new year, Peter. Okay. Well, it's funny you say that, um, because mine partially uh, involves new year um Ooh. which is that on new year's eve ben already knows this and don't worry it's not the it's not the main part of the thing so it's not it's not wasted it's not been wasted already on uh, half of the of my captive audience here but um i spent fortunately post post midnight post countdown i spent some of new year's eve uh in a and e whoa oh no um, so uh, it wasn't for me. I was there with somebody else. Uh, and as I say, it was at least, you know, the party was over by that point. Um, but I had to go to, to A&E with somebody who uh, it, it, it's all fine now. They were only they'd there'd been a medical episode um, at the house that we were at. Um, and then the we basically we went into A&E to basically just do some some post checkups, um, even though it was all sort of over. The worst of it was behind us. Um and we actually had a really good A&E experience considering the NHS is on its flipping knees because <laughs> it was just severe enough that they had to go in in an ambulance on a stretcher Ooh. and uh, therefore they wheeled us in uh, straight into like the back the back rooms and there were a couple of booths empty where they, I guess, put people in who've been triaged in off, a, off an ambulance. So 
we didn't have to sit around in the waiting room. So we were only there like three or four hours, which for A&E on New Year's Eve is yeah. pretty good. We're on our way in thinking, this is going to be fucking grim. There will be so many drunk people uh, who have just, you know, fallen over or had a fight or whatever or being sick. Uh, and we didn't have any of that, fortunately, for us. So we were very lucky. And the NHS is a great thing. And that's all wonderful. But it reminded me of something that I forgot to tell everyone about. Um, like over a year ago, I went to A&E for other reasons. I'm also fine. Um, but that did involve me sitting in the waiting room for, you know, like six hours in the middle of the night. And uh, one of the many people that you sort of get to know in some way, shape or form, and we weren't all chatting to each other, but a couple of people were talking on the other side of the room about what they were in for and everyone else could just hear. Uh, and uh, yeah, one of the people that I, I got to know was this lady, she was probably about our age, actually, this 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 girl really was um, was in because, uh, well, she spoke to this other guy who she was sitting next to, this young lad who was all cut up on his face because he'd been out on a night out and he'd come out of the club that he was in really drunk. It was like kicking out time. And he'd walked into the glass door of a shop that was shut up and like <laughs> locked up and smashed it. And it apparently was the shop that he worked in, which uh, <laughs> oh is pretty impressive. Oh uh, so he'd cut all his head up and stuff. And he was, uh, because he was drunk, he was sort of speaking to anyone who would speak back to him. And he was asking this girl, so, oh, so what are you in for? And uh, she said, oh, I, uh, I swallowed a battery. And he was like, you swallowed a battery? And she said, yeah, yeah, double A. And he was like, oh my God, how'd you manage that? And... Her response took everyone by surprise who could hear this conversation happening because the answer was, well, uh, with water, like a tablet, <laughs> which is not what I thought Very she'd done practical. it by accident. But oh, no. um, for whatever reason, and I mean, I suppose it was for a reason that perhaps she was, you know, might have been a bit of a cry for help or she was, you know, in some way not not in the best mind or whatever, but she swallowed a battery with water. Uh, she she seemed okay there and then, and she said they were dealing with her and stuff. So I, I wish to, her the best. To, but to be um, fair, you are in the presence of someone who also ate something that you shouldn't eat for just shits and giggles. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that she just wanted to eat a battery. I mean, maybe so, <laughs> maybe so. But that brings me, Mikey, to exactly what my thing is really about tonight, today, oh because I thought that story that. I once met a girl who'd swallowed a battery in A&E. Doesn't really have enough meat on the bones. So um, I've got an article here from News Talk. It's the strangest objects found inside the human body. Excellent. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Um, it's a simple, pretty short listicle um, from May 2013. Ooh. Goodness me. Uh, Ten years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God, that is. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, it is. So... Um, I don't think we've got an author's name here, a writer's name, but I will just, it just, it seems to just go immediately. It says, a man in Germany had a Homer Simpson moment after a pencil was discovered in his head. Amazingly, the four inch pencil had been lodged in his head for 15 years after a childhood accident. Fortunately, doctors of the Western city of Aachen were able to remove it from his head. He's now recovering from the unusual procedure. He had been suffering headaches for years, and the eyesight in his right eye was also deteriorating. But he's not the first person 
to have had a strange object lodged in his body. <laughs> Number one, trees and plants. Two years ago, a 75-year-old Massachusetts man who was already battling emphysema was hospitalized after his left lung collapsed. But doctors who thought they were dealing with a tumor were amazed when they found out the cause. A pea plant was growing in his lung. Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. That's horrible. They speculated that Ron Sfaden had accidentally swallowed, it says swallowed, I presume it's inhaled, uh, a pea plant that went down, yeah, it went down the wrong way towards his lung where it began sprouting leaves. A similar case occurred in 2009 when a Russian man was found to have a small fir tree growing inside his lung. Both oh. recovered from their ordeals. With the trees um, okay? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, now they're acclimated to, to flesh rather than mud and dirt, so maybe they can't survive in the outside world yeah, anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I was going to bring along... I know that story about the fir tree man. I, I, I um, saw a, a much more substantial article about that once, and that was going to be a thing for me once on Podiots, uh, but I realised that... Um, I think it's on Snopes, um, and they said that's not true, um, and that a tree couldn't survive in your lung because there's no light, So, which is... You know, pretty. It makes sense, I guess, that it wouldn't live down there. So well, to intrude well, on your thing, yeah. from a recent article from last year. So did did we talk about the guy who um, had magic mushrooms growing inside of him? I don't oh, think so. No. Oh, there's um, a dude who injected himself with uh, magic mushroom tea, and he just ended up actually like, growing uh, mold and fungus and mushrooms inside of him oh, as a result. Fuck. Was he just yeah. high all the time, or? I mean, yeah, at that point, he's just a, a walking psychedelic factory, isn't he? Just, yes, yeah, that would be terrifying. It's like The Last of Us, isn't it? It's, it's <laughs> yes, how the oh my God. Begins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that makes a bit more sense, because I guess mushrooms don't photosynthesize, do they? So mm, that would... True. But I don't know. Anyway, it continues. Dentures. Last November in 2013... Uh, a 75-year-old lady from Essex who suffered from Parkinson's lost the top half of her dentures. Around the same time, she was struck down with another illness, which, I mean, she literally lost it. Like, she was like, I don't know where my dentures have gone. Uh, around the same time, she was struck down with another illness, which doctors diagnosed as a lung infection. However, they missed one crucial thing. Her dentures were not just missing, they were inside her body. No! No! <laughs> Even though Nermin Keating's daughter had sought a second opinion, the first two doctors failed to realise that she'd swallowed the dentures, and it was only the third physician who spotted the offending false teeth at the bottom of her throat. Ooh. Is that what it's like getting old? You're just so unaware of everything that you can swallow your own teeth. I have to Not say, the more I read of this article, the less I'm believing literally anything that it's saying. Um, but I'm going to continue at this point, and we'll just see which... Yeah, just how uh, how crazy it gets. Um, cobblestones. After a fight with her boyfriend in 2006, a Chinese girl decided to vent her anger by swallowing 20 cobblestones. Oh. She had assumed that they would pass through her body naturally. Oh, that's a... Unfortunately... Cobblestones are quite big. Well, yeah. If, if it's like actual cobbles, I don't know what's the definition... What's the smallest possible thing that counts as a cobblestone sounds yeah, when, so when does a cobblestone become a cobblet that's the yes question. indeed it's also such a strange way to describe it as her venting her frustrations yeah i'm so mad i'm gonna eat 20 cobbles um this this 
kind of ends quite abruptly. It just says, um, she'd assumed they would pass through her body naturally. Unfortunately, they were not only lodged in her stomach, but also knocking against each other. Oh. Full stop. And that's the end. We don't, <laughs> we don't learn how they were removed or what happened. Um, just but, a, a walking, talking Newton's cradle, isn't she? Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Cutlery. Back in the 70s, doctors had to surgically remove 78 pieces of cutlery from a woman's stomach. She later admitted that she liked eating cutlery. However, she confirmed that knives were not part of her diet. Each piece of cutlery had to be extracted individually and with extreme care. Wow. Do you think she just like one day sat down at a restaurant and was really peckish? And just oh, couldn't stop. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's currently looking mighty tasty right now. <laughs> I mean, I must admit that although some of these do sound crazy, we there are people who do eat strange things. Um, yes. Me and Ben were talking today about that topic, which, I mean, that'll come up later on a, on a triple jump um, video. Ooh. But yeah, people do, people can eat some like, you know, they eat actual metal and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Maybe she thought it was chocolate coins. Um, yeah, maybe. And she just couldn't get the foil off. <laughs> well, um, I'll skip then to the next one, Ben, or the one yeah. after the next one, because it's needles, coins, and uh, necklaces. Needles? Oh, needles. Needles, yeah. Oh, come on. 11 years ago, French doctors treated a man who had a fondness for eating coins. 350 coins were found in his stomach, but it wasn't the only delicacy he was fond of. Doctors also found a needle and necklaces. The massive objects, which weighed over five kilograms, had actually forced his stomach down between his hips. Oh, yeah. oh no! It's the weight of it. Five kilograms. That's not right. Oh. Yeah, we've got three left here. Um, engagement ring. Romance with a twist, it says. A man <laughs> Shut up, in article. The- <laughs> a man in the UK spotted an expensive engagement ring at a jeweler's that he could not afford to buy for his girlfriend. But he had an ingenious plan. He swallowed the ring when the jeweler had his back turned. The jeweler, however, suspected that something had been taken and called police, who ran metal detectors over the shopper's body. He was placed in a cell until nature took its course and the ring emerged. Oh, no. Hmm. Uh, Dorky. Go home, you're drunk. One, inebri- one inebriated college student in Bournemouth disagreed with that label when it was applied to him. So instead of going home, he swallowed the key to his lodgings. <laughs> Fortunately for him, the key unlocked the code to his digestive system, it says, and made it all the way out of his body a day later, which meant he also avoided a fine from his landlord in order to source a replacement key. <laughs> wow. no. And lastly... <laughs> Call your landlord. Hey, get a replacement key sorted, please. Oh, yeah, what happened to the old ones? <laughs> Ate it. <laughs> Ate it. Swallowed it with water. Uh, and finally, magnets. An eight-year-old girl in the US suffered punctures to her stomach that resembled gunshot wounds after swallowing 20 marbles and 10 magnets. She later said that she swallowed them because they looked like candy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, fair. I can, I can see that. I respect that. I mean, fair swallowing one, but would you not then realise, hmm, that didn't taste particularly enjoyable. That was just, that's not <laughs> that's candy. Kind of disgusting, actually. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember God, um, every time you swallow, it just the click clack of another Yeah, marble. the clicking, that's all I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> oh. like those toys people had at uh, school. You know, you throw the magnets in the air and they go... Oh, yeah. Like knock together. Yeah. It reminds me, there was a study done where some doctors, they were curious like how long it takes certain objects, like foreign objects, to pass through the digestive system. But because they couldn't get children to eat like toys and stuff, like ethically, they couldn't do a, a study. Uh, they swallowed um, mini figureheads, I think, mm. and uh, then had to see how long it took the, the Lego to come through the other end. Oh my god! I don't know how long it took actually, but I just remember that that was like a thing that was reported on. Doctors swallow Lego for science. <laughs> Per per technicians who have to like sort yeah. through the poo and oh, wash yeah. it and try and find that little Lego head. God, put up with some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, there you go. Those are some things that have been found or found in the body, or I think they were all swallowed, weren't they? All of those. Sounds um, like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you very much, Peter. Absolutely you, delightful. Peter. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel Thank sick you. inside now. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Uh, would you boys like a question? Yes, please. Mm. Uh, we, we got one from Adam Salter at leather underscore duck on Twitter. Uh, they ask, Sir, Sir, oh, that's not, um, <laughs> misspelled circuit. Sir, oh my God, now I can't even say it. Why do I bother doing any words that aren't four letters long? <laughs> Cir- Cirque du Soleil have sent you an email. Cirque. It's, Cir- is it Cirque? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Cirque du Soleil. Wow. I, oh, my God. I really need to. Can, can I go back to school to learn to read? Is it too late? No, you'd hate that. You know you'd hate that. Don't do I it. Know. You escaped. That's yeah, true. Back. I escaped for what cost? I, I left <laughs> developmentally not not finished. Cirque du Soleil. Um, the Circus of whatever Soleil means have sent you an email. It's business time. All of their performers have been struck down with the plague. And they want you. What are your individual specialist talents that you choose to showcase? So, yes, Cirque du Soleil is, um, even though I can't pronounce it, I'm aware it's quite a a prestigious institution. It's like kind of, I think, regarded as one of the most fantastic shows out there. What are you two going to get up on stage and do? I I, I have one, I think, Mm. which I think would just be a lot of fun. Um, I want to... In front of a live audience, practice and perform and land my my first backflip. Yes, 
Ooh. to go from go from never landing one to landing one in like over the course of like a one and a half hour thrilling evening. Mm. I mean, absolutely spectacular. The injuries galore, flops, near misses. And when I finally get it, I'm just oh, lights come on, crowd screaming. Yeah! <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's well, it could it could only be a one night only show. That's the problem. There's not much um, value in it, I guess. It doesn't have legs because once I've done it once, I can't I can't do another landing a backflip for the first time. Sure, but yeah. I like to think that that first one would have such an impact that it'd be told to- the stories of it would be told for generations to come. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm going to take that and uh, and improve it, Michael. So I apologize. Oh. But I'm oh. going to do a forwards roll. <gasps> forwards? Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. I only offer that up because I know how challenging that maneuver is. Have either of you done a forwards roll in the, <laughs> since you were a child? No, no. I, and I wouldn't really want to. You're a braver man than me. They're scary. Are yeah. you going to um? Are you going to get a cushion from the sofa and put it on the floor? Your head. <laughs> that's how we used to do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. That's part. That's part Whoa. of the danger. Yeah, without oh. the safety of a net, as they say, the, the safety circus. of a net who isn't present that night. No, a net is <laughs> she's she, not there. She's meant to be here at half past eight. The curtains oh. go up at nine. She's late again. Oh, well, she came down with the plague as well, so she couldn't make oh, it. Oh no! Work yeah. yeah. Fortunately, oh. Kurt's in, so uh, excellent. Be able yeah, to help. Uh, but I'm going to do yeah forwards roll, and I only am going for this because I had to do what I had to do one. I did one in a video that we put on Triple Jump where I was wearing a Sonic hat um, a little while ago, and I had to do it in my living room because I was going fast like Sonic does. Um, you know, he he does really slow forward rolls gracelessly. Oh yeah, through his like, living yeah. room, and it was the scary because you just you just give up all control of your body. You don't <laughs> yeah. know where your legs are gonna go. I was rolling past my TV and stuff, and just thinking, "I'm this is actually really frightening to do." And once you hit that apex where you're pretty much at a right angle to the floor, so the top of your head is touching the floor, and you're just about to roll over, the the following adrenaline rush you get from completing that roll. There's nothing like it on this planet. <laughs> Better than drugs. Better than drugs. Forwards rolls. Once that head like tilts 180 degrees and, and you're upside down, the legs essentially become like a trebuchet. Yeah. And it's just whatever happens, happens. Those babies are going to come around. You don't know how it's going to work. Exactly. Well, Mikey, you might be aware that we went and did some wrestling um, for triple jump. <laughs> we did some pro yes. wrestling. Went to a, like, a wrestling school. And I remember saying to the guys, because we were suplexed, um, and I remember after taking a suplex, I said uh, halfway through the suplex, when my legs were up in the air and my head was pointing to the floor, I was like, I'm upside down so rarely these days. It's so weird <laughs> to be upside down. Such a strange sensation. You know, you're upside down all the time as a kid. You're dangling off the monkey bars and you're yeah. rolling around and you're you know, upside down on the sofa for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you, you're you upside down a lot less as a grown-up. And uh, it was it took me right back to my childhood. <laughs> Before you were slammed. Yeah. It sounds like the beginnings of a new health trend where like uh, hanging upside down is actually good for you. You know, mm. extra blood to the head, to the brain, mm-hmm. that can only mean good things. So oh, I've heard that. You know, uh, They're all saying it. 
yeah. Subscri- subscription of a, a, a prescription of one minute of dangling per day. Um, mm-hmm. You'll be in a year's time. My God, you'll be a, a new Whoa. man. A new man or woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. Uh, what I'm going to do while you guys are doing your your flips <laughs> and your rolls. Um, I. What I'm going to do is um, we're going to get a trampoline, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the sort of the acrobat for the for the trampoline. But mm-hmm. that is actually just going to consist of me not having been on a trampoline for several years and just sort of enjoying being on a trampoline, just sort of bouncing up and down, um, remaining perfectly vertical and just seeing sort of how big of a bounce I can do. Maybe <laughs> occasionally tucking my knees in, bouncing Whoa. on my knees. Um, not I'm not going to do any flips. Uh, and the audience are going to have to just sit and watch me have, have a go on the trampoline for 10 minutes. Mum says it's my turn on the trampoline. <laughs> um, and I'm having a good time. Oh, I am hankering for like like an afternoon of activities in the park now. I'm doing right, handstands, roly polies, a bit, a bit of trampoline fun. That this oh, that sounds like so much fun. I I I think I cartwheel like once a year. Really? So, yeah, <laughs> I think amazing. I average about one cartwheel a year since turning twenty. So okay. I've, I've never I cartwheeled. Can't, I can't lose do. that average. Yeah, no, don't worry. I, 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 I might be seeking to improve it this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cartwheels are great fun. Yeah, flinging your body about. Nice. I think, from the sounds of it, we're going to put on a real spectacular here. Yeah. Great to show on Earth. Get us booked. Come on. (laughs) Would you boys like to The BBC will be privatised this year. There it is. That's my one. That's so funny. That was going to be my my one before I did a, a personal one to us. I was oh, going to say really? the BBC oh, so will be private. Isn't that an indictment of the <laughs> Yeah, that we both we think in. it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, no, that makes me feel sick to think about that. See if I can kill the BBC as well as the Queen. Bang to bang, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, nothing left. <laughs> Would you boys like to hear my thing? Sure. Yeah. So these days, it seems CGI is taking over the movie industry and every faucet of everything you see on screen, um, especially when it comes to animal actors. But today, I have a tale about why maybe it's not such a bad bad thing that everything's being replaced with polygons and pixels these days. W.C. Fields once said, Never work with children or animals. Though he perished decades before it began filming, Fields could have easily been talking about the indie film Raw. Are either of you familiar with the film Raw? No. Well, get ready to learn about what is probably the most bonkers film production you're ever going to hear about. Okay. A motion picture that's become a thing of legend for B-movie connoisseurs. The creative team behind Raw set out with the intent of making a movie that could help spur more movement towards protecting big cats. What ended up happening was an independent motion picture that employed countless wild animals and ended up causing serious injuries to multiple people involved in its production. Not even Fields could have imagined just how dangerous working with animals could be. So this is, you know, working with a dog on set, that's all right. Um, what if you chuck, like, a hundred lines into the mix? Mm. God. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, what could possibly happen? Yeah. So Raw, um, initially it was released in 1981 to a, a relatively small theatrical release. It didn't do very well. Um, and here's a quick plot summary for you so you know what you're getting into. A naturalist living with big cats in East Africa expects a visit by his family of four from Chicago. 
A mix-up leaves him searching for his family who have been left in the clutches of wild lions. So long before any of the, the maiming and fractures took place on set, though, there was hope. Noel Marshall, who would end up being uh, Raw's star and director, and Tippi Hedren, a Golden Globe winning actor who served as a producer on Raw and another one of its leading performers, were a married couple by the end of the 60s. Uh, sorry, were, uh, were a married couple. And by the end of the 60s, the duo had not just become invested in protecting animals from poachers, they also got an unexpected source of inspiration for a movie. Stumbling upon a house at the... Uh, Gorongosa National Park in Mozambique, South Africa, that had been taken over by a bunch of lions. The two were struck by the unusual image. Lions potting around in a house. That's a bit weird, isn't it? That's a bit silly. And in their heads, a concept began to swirl. Maybe a movie focused on these cats in a big house could help, could be a way to stir up interest in protecting these beasts. So the couple returned to America and they began to plot out the movie that would eventually become Raw. Having gotten the participation of other members of their family, including their daughter, Melanie Griffith, to serve as either actors or crew members, the project began to move forward. Oh, Amusingly, no. oh yeah, oh yeah, it moved and it really moved. <laughs> um, just a, a side note, um, so Raw was the final uh, title of film, but a working title was Lions, Lions, and More Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty spectacular. So they they started on this on this long trek, and uh, a number of li- a number of lion tamers warned that it was impossible to bring a large number of cats together for a film set. But of course, this didn't this didn't hamper the enthusiasm. What are you an expert on this? Shut up, get out. As part of the preparation for the movie, the family began to keep lion cubs as pets in their home in Sherman Oaks, California, thinking that raising the cubs alongside their own children, just just bask in that sentence for a bit, Mm -hmm. thinking that raising the cubs alongside their own children, so that's good, yeah, wild big cats with children, good, Um, thinking that it would make the animals less likely to injure anyone. So this poor family endured living with lions for six months before production had even begun. Once the cops showed up to tell them that keeping such beasts as pets was illegal, they simply moved shop to an expansive ranch in Acton, California, where the production would eventually be filmed. Right, so now we're getting into the details here. This is, this is I think, one of my favourite just strings of words I'm ever going to read. The scope of the movie began to grow beyond just lions. The family would eventually accumulate by 1979, deep breath, 71 lions, 26 tigers, a tigon, which is a a tiger and a lion cross, very cute, nine black panthers, 10 cougars, two jaguars, four leopards, two elephants, six black swans, four Canada geese, four cranes, two peacocks, seven flamingos, and a marabou stork. Um, So um, a veritable bounty of... I guess killers is the only way to summarize them. Yeah. You've got weaponized life right there in front of you. Great. I like how it was just a list of really dangerous carnivores and then suddenly six swans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have front loaded it, but I quite, I quite like the ending on the little cuties. Yeah. Um, the, the only animal they turned down was a hippopotamus. So that's a bit much for them. Yeah, can't be doing that. that. Let's not get crazy. Yeah, that would be dangerous. That's silly. Come on, stop talking sense. Now go feed the 71 lions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thousands of dollars were spent just to keep the animals fed and safe before filming eventually uh, uh, finally began in 1976 with Jan de Bont, future director of movies like Speed and Twister, so a pretty veritable name in the industry. Um, He was on set as the cinematographer. It had taken so long to get to that point, uh, but there was still hope in the heart of Marshall and Hedren not to mention an unspeakable amount of financial obligations pushing them forward on this risky independent venture. But surprise, surprise, would you know it? The problems only got worse once the cameras started rolling. Hedron explained to IndieWire in 2016 that plans for a nine-month-long shoot would eventually morph into an arduous five-year-long experience. God. Yeesh. Ah, that makes me sick to think about. Uh, and in all in, the production spanned 11 years in total from you know pre-production to having it finished and ready to go. So by God, what a nightmare. Uh, the, the lengthy shoot came down to just one variable and one variable only. This was a movie that starred a handful of humans and well over 100 wild animals. Robert Eggers has talked openly about how difficult it was to get one black goat to behave on the set of The Witch. So now try to imagine getting a pack of real wild lions to behave properly, Mm. let alone react to their human co-stars per the instructions of the script. Oh no. One scene where Marshall and Mativo, two characters in the film, drive a 1937 Chevrolet containing two tigers took seven weeks to complete for one scene. Wow. Doing pretty much the same thing over and over and over again, just trying to get these line, these 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 animals to stay in the car. Seven weeks. That's no, Jesus, no, you'd just silly. Be going mad. Yeah, because it says um, they had to train the animals to ride in a car, um, which just sounds like repeatedly. <laughs> Is that what they did putting, for the seven weeks? I don't, I don't understand. I, I think it was just seven weeks of them not doing not doing what you know they'd wrote in the script and just doing it over and over again until they broke them to the point where they just didn't move from the car. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, Marshall often refused to stop filming because he did not want to lose a take. Sometimes only one take was usable from a day's filming, so every, every second's valuable, my friends. And yeah, so you might have got um, the impression there that these big cats are not professionally trained and uh, they weren't professionally trained at all. Mm. Literally just wild lines that they raised themselves and thought, yeah, these could be movie stars. Why not? Um, so Noel understood that lines could, you know, occasionally be trained to do simple tricks, I guess, like little things like you know, the kind of thing you, you teach your cat, but um, it's a different kettle of fish to, you know, performing a, a feature length film. Um, so yeah, they, they started filming and try, trying all these stru- structured way of doing it, but it wasn't working out. So not long into filming, uh, the director chose to change tact and he made a very bold choice. Um, and even though it was a narrative film, much of Raw was shot documentary style, which when you see the footage, um, yeah, it sings through. It's absolutely horrifying. Um, there's a script, a general storyline, but every scene involving lines was improvised and photographed with at least four cameras, just to, in the hopes something usable comes out, they've got it. Um, which, ah, uh, they say um, a documentary style, it's just... It's just people in a room of lions trying desperately to keep their shit together without reading lines. And then like the, like the two actors will be, I highly recommend finding some clips from this. It's, it's absolutely bonkers, but it's just, there'd be clips in the film, two actors are having a dialogue and it's like a lion flinches and they both stop and look at it and then cautiously proceed with the lines. Oh, you can, gosh. oh, you can feel it through the screen. I think all movies should have two lions on set. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> any Keep... time. Yeah, <laughs> as a threat or just have them looming at all times. I, I don't know. I just kind of want to see like Chris ever. I want to see Captain America shit himself, like <laughs> just in a normal yeah, he... scene. If you ever want to evoke uh, actual fear from an actor, bring the lion yeah. out. Do it. Imagine if uh, you know they they'd rigged up some massive like pyro shot that had taken them like three days to construct and like twenty thousand dollars to to pay for, and you know like the the Joker blowing up the hospital or whatever or the yeah. asylum whatever it was. He's he's walking away. They do the shot, and then just as the camera is panning away. A fucking lion just just paces <laughs> through the through the shot. No reason, no explanation. They're like, God damn it! <laughs> Again, Leo. God, uh, this is this is another cracker of a sentence. Scenes where animals chased after the characters required that the actors pretend to be sh- scared and scream. Pretend, I, just pretend, just pretend. It's fine. It's just so. Yeah, this lion's chasing after you, so you get in the character. Pretend to be scared. Pretend there's a there's a fearsome creature in front of you. Um, the the script de- the script developed with frequent changes, but always allowing for inclusion of spontaneous actions by the animals, such as playing with the family's boat or riding a skateboard. Nice. <laughs> this led to some of the lions being credited as writers for the film. Oh fuck's sake! <laughs> oh. oh dear. Um, so yeah, since the lions weren't trained to do anything. Like, it's not like you can go into a scene with any expectations of what's going to happen. They just kept running the cameras while the lions, quote unquote, performed some behavior and hoped some of it might fit the scene. Hmm. Uh, but it wasn't just like uh, Raw had a handful of mild incidents involving humans and wild animals colliding. The deluge of injuries um, of casting crew members at the hands of the various wild animals in the making of Raw has now become infamous. It has been estimated that of Raw's 140-person crew, um, not 140 people all at the same time, as you can imagine, a lot of people said, no, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. uh, A rotating cast of 140 crew members, at least 70 of them were injured during production. Wow. So that's a 50% hit rate of someone getting injured on set. God. Marshall, for his part, experienced everything from blood poisoning to gangrene to various scratches and bites from curious lines while working on Raw. Hedron had a near deadly uh, had near deadly separate encounters with a lion and an elephant, while Griffith's face was so damaged by a lioness that she underwent facial reconstruction surgery as a result. Jesus, of course, of course. Um, when you're filming, um, every moment's valuable. So, of course, many of these actual attacks featured in the final cut of the film, even including footage of the director's own children being seriously injured. Oh, oh my God. What the fuck? <laughs> Disgusting. Um, often, so yeah, he'd often just sit there refusing to cut, even when those, um, the actors were clearly in great distress. Um, so looking good already for, for a film about, you know, trying to, you know, and bigging lions and show how fun they are and why we should preserve them. Uh, yeah? Yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah no. Mm-hmm. So a quick quick run through some injuries. Uh, Noel Marshall was bitten through the hand, like through the hand, suffered eight, punctures wound, eight puncture wounds when the lion bit him. Tippy suffered gangrene after an elephant crushed her leg between his trunk and tusk oh. and was later thrown off by the element. Uh, the element? The elephant. So um, she had a double whammy with that. Uh, the elephant named Tembo um was um uh, gifted her some lovely broken bones and just a couple of days earlier before that that shoot took place tembo had bucked his trainer into a tree and broken her shoulder so 
Good. Didn't take the warning there. Noel Marshall's son, John, acted in Raw and performed many other production tasks. Tasks. He also did not escape the shoot unscathed, saying, I got a I got bit really hard, really hard early on. A male lion bit Marshall's head and refused to let go. It took six men twenty-five minutes to remove him from the lion's grasp. God. At what point do you say, nah, this is a bit much and just tap out and your son's head's in a lion, but nah. Kept going <laughs> Imagine the that. panic that your head is in a lion's mouth and there are six blokes there and they've been trying for 20 minutes to get no. it off and they still haven't. Like, That's God, right. how do you stay calm in that situation? Well, you probably don't, do you? Probably- <laughs> yes, you- <laughs> you're absolutely breaking it. Yeah. But... Um, that didn't deter him from returning to the production. Uh, he says, it was a very traumatic bike, but I went back to work two days later. <laughs> Shut up. Stop it. John was the only family member who was willing to promote Raw during its re-release in 2015, uh, the director of the film. He said that he still gets nightmares from the shoot. <laughs> oh, sorry. Not, not the director. This is the son. This is the son. The, the one who is in The uh, Lion. Yes, okay. yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can see why I had nightmares. Uh, he said... Don't get me wrong, I had a wonderful time, but it was stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, Marshall also had some harsh words for his father, saying, Dad was a fucking arsehole to do that to his family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, by <laughs> DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Raw was Dutch cinematographer uh, Jan de Bont's very first US shoot. So yeah, this up-and-coming director of photography thinks, oh, this is an exciting production, comes over to America, gets to work, and uh, he ended up getting scalped by a lion oh. and needing 120 stitches in order to reattach his skin. Jesus oh. Christ. But once again, like a true professional, de Bont completed shooting the movie. Um, So he came back after that, Mm. which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, The chaos of Raw even included a moment where wildfires and a flood near the film set ended up causing a bunch of lions and tigers to escape. And (laughs) remember, we're in California here, so it's, um, yeah, it's not ideal to have big cats running around. Uh, considering these big cats were housed just north of Los Angeles, it's easy to imagine a situation involving these rampaging beasts, beasts and a big city going south fast. Um, luckily, the situation was, well, <laughs> for a kind word, it was it was under control pretty quick. I think a couple of lions did sadly lose lose their lives in in the process because some dickhead director wanted to make a film. So good, good, good job, buddy. Good job. Um, but yeah. It's absolutely bonkers. It's kind of different. Like you think I'm reading this out. It sounds a bit, it doesn't sound a bit crazy. It sounds totally, completely bonkers, Mm. but it's so different seeing it in motion in front of you. It's terrifying. It's just the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. So if you dare, I mean, it's it's not particularly, well, it is a bit gruesome, but it's not like, it's not, you don't see anything visceral on screen. Yeah, it's not a snuff film, but. No, it's more of just, it's like. Like, I'm watching Uncut Gems, uh, that film I love because it made me anxious. I imagine this would have the same effect to, my God, the ultimate degree. And there's a 13-minute YouTube video out there called All Animal Attacks in Raw that I highly recommend. Oh, wow. Okay. Brilliant. 13 minutes. That's the only reason you're tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a story of what sounds like just the worst film ever made. (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. You're very welcome. Would you boys like another question? Yes. Yeah. Brian at Because I'm Brian on Twitter asks, what trend 
or bandwagon have you previously jumped on only for it to fail miserably? I remember enjoying the Digimon anime more than Pokemon as a child and also tried to convince my friends that Duel Masters would overtake Yu-Gi-Oh in popularity. Oh, I remember! I remember when Digimon came out. Even even as a child, I knew this is this is this is bad. It's not Pokemon. I don't like exactly what are you trying to do. I thought uh, Duel Masters was Yu Gi Oh, so that's I mean, oh. it goes to show how well both of those did <laughs> in my eyes, at least. Um, oh God, they do look the same, don't they? Yeah, I've got a real uh, proclivity for picking winners. Like I'm really good at just backing the right horse. You know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I've never done a thing wrong in my life, and uh, so I actually I can't take part in this question, unfortunately. So, well, unlike you, Ben, I've made many mistakes in my life. <laughs> That's weird. I, I just I can't relate. Uh, uh, I think my my biggest re- no, not regret, but it's kind of like oh, why did I do that? Was getting my ears expanded. Um, whereas I, I think. I think, yeah, that was it. I just started my job at McDonald's, so I had a little bit of income flush. And so I thought, eh, I'm going to get my ears pierced and start stretching my earlobes. Why not? That'd be good. I think I, I, I got like six months into it and it hurt too much. And I wasn't really able to make them make my holes bigger by that much. Um, so I, I tapped out and thankfully the holes have closed up over the years. I don't have big dingle dang. Yeah, you don't see that so much anymore, do you? It's less. No, it was definitely it was definitely a thing for a little while and mm. wow did that fad pass. <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't commit to it. God bless. I know a few people with those, but it's it's very much alternative culture now. Uh it mm. was it was yeah. far more mainstream, I think, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I I'm not a fan of it anymore. So good job, younger me. Mm. <laughs> mm. How about you peeps? Um I'm trying to think. Um, I'm I'm very much not of the belief that I always pick winners, but I am just trying to think of a an example. No, I do of have some examples as well, but yeah, I'm sure you if do. You thought, <laughs> if you thought of one, go for it. Uh, I've not got one yet, but if you've got one, I do. Then, uh, uh, Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. I yeah. really enjoy the work of Chris Pratt, and I really don't enjoy the man Chris Pratt, and it's. Uh, it's a challenge. He everything he seems to do, he, even his work now with Mario and stuff. Everyone's just dragging him all the time, and it's uh, it's he's a hard man to be a fan of. I mean, I wouldn't even consider myself a fan of him anymore. But I thought he was so good in commun not community in uh, Parks and Rec and yeah. Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy, and then every single action he's taken in his private life makes him a, a difficult man to enjoy and that's <laughs> that's a bit of a miss for me yeah agreed agreed you got anything um, peter you don't if you can't think of any don't worry don't worry yeah, i might don't have to, to might have to do what ben did and come back to this which is something we've never really done that before just say the bbc then we can combine in one episode yeah the bbc <laughs> will be privatized <laughs> um yeah. yeah you have to come back to me um yeah, I'm trying to think That's... of a, an actual example of something. But... Spyro let you down for a while. Yeah, but then um, I think it was more... I was a fan of Spyro in his heyday, and then I never played... Uh, once he moved on to PS2, I never played any of those. And then um, it turned out that I was right to... Or, you know, that I, I wasn't missing anything. And then mm. I think I've always been with the majority on whatever, you know, at that time. Um, so I liked it when he was popular and then I didn't when he wasn't. And that's not because of other people's opinions. It's just, I think I, I happened to go with what everyone else was happened to be thinking. 
Um, but yeah, Spyro did. He he let me down. Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I'm maybe. Gonna, I'm just going to name all of your all, all the things that I like things. and um, that that are all rubbish. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like at the moment. So, like, I I still really like Star Wars, even though not only do lots of people not like it, you know, people that that used to like the movies now don't like the newer ones. Um, but even I don't like the the newer movies, or I certainly don't like the uh, the episodic ones. And yet, I still just kind of. Hold on to it. Oh, I tell you something. I uh, again, it's 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 more something that I decide that I'm still a fan of, even though I don't like it. It's not even necessarily that everyone else doesn't. But um, Doctor Who, I just hated. I've that hated was everything. Next on my list. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, again, like I don't know if that counts in that. Like it still, it does still have a certain kind of um, following to it. It's got like a very dedicated audience. So it's not that you know it's something that is kind of hated by everyone or by almost everyone but yeah certainly in terms of i i jumped onto it uh well i'd always liked it actually but especially when they rebooted it um and, and everyone was enjoying it with christopher eccleston and david tennant and then i yeah i still watch every single thing that they put out and i always will do even if uh you know even d- despite the fact that it's been in my opinion rubbish for at least two seasons if not more <laughs> So yeah, maybe that sort of. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like that. Thank you very much. Thank you, boys. That's um, all right. Ben, yes. would you like to 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 sing us out? I I certainly would, <laughs> and I think this will actually be the final bit of the episode, right? I don't. I think we got three questions this week. Yes, we did indeed. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to send you guys a photo. You may have <laughs> seen this man before. This is the Leather Man. It sounds like a horrific villain. Or a horror movie. Who wears character. your skin. Exactly. But it's not that. This is an article from unbelievable-facts.com. Yes. Uh, who was the Leatherman, the mysterious nomad of the 1800s? So we're going to learn about the Leatherman today. Uh, in the 19th century, a nomadic figure known only as the Leatherman became a celebrity in the northeast of America. His clockwork-like comings and goings across New York and Connecticut were greatly anticipated by many, but though many people knew him, the identity and history of this leather-clad vagrant is a mystery that continues centuries later. So let's learn about him. Mm-hmm. Between the years 1857 to 1889, a vagabond known as the Leatherman travelled through the Connecticut and New York countryside. At first, his travels were seemingly random, but he eventually settled into, a wa- into walking a continuous clockwise 365-mile loop between the Hudson River and Connecticut Rivers, a route that the Leatherman continued upon all 365 days a year. Do you reckon he did a mile a day? Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Perhaps. Reports indicate that the Leatherman walked over 10 miles each day. Okay, well, oh, okay. <laughs> never mind. That's the answer. And his route generally took around 32 to 34 days to complete. Indeed, his travelling was so consistent that locals could predict when they would see when they would next see him in the area. In it's anticip- like the passing of the seasons, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The Leatherman's coming today. In, anticipa- and in, yeah. in anticipation, they regularly cooked meals for him, which he, a man with an understandably hearty appetite, would politely accept. The locals would also give him tobacco and leather, uh, leather scraps, but he seldom accepted money or shelter. The Leatherman gained his moniker due to his suit made of old boot tops sewn together with leather lace. 
Most presume oh. that he stitched the suit himself, which weighed around 60 to 70 pounds, and he oh. wore it all year round. Such clothing lightly came in handy during cold nights, since the leather man almost always slept in caves and rock outcrops. Would you like to see one of the leather man's caves? Yes. I know all people from this time period look furious in photos, but he really does look so pissed off. Oh, wow, look at him there. <laughs> wow. Sat in his coat. Uh, despite, or perhaps thanks to, his peculiar nature, the Leatherman became a celebrity. Some schools even let students go outside to give him food when he passed on Leatherman Day. And although Connecticut passed a tramp law in 1879 which permitted the arresting and jailing of vagrants, there exists no record of anyone arresting him. That is, bar one time in 1888, which was in concern for his health. But although many knew of and met the Leather Man, no one knew who he was, where he came from, or why the Leather Man lived the way he did. He did not talk much, and when he did, he did so in either broken English or French, presumably his native language. With little to go on, people soon began creating origin stories for him. One account suggested that he was Jules Bourglet of Lyon, France. As the tale goes, he had abandoned his homeland after a failed excursion into the leather trade. His failure, in turn, ended his romance with his employer, with his employers, it says, a local leather merchant, daughter, a woman named Margaret, Le uh, Margaret Laron. Broken-hearted and downtrodden, Borglay began walking in solitude across America clothed in the substance of his ruin. This story was later proved false, but remained a popular tale nonetheless. And now, I mean, I... I assume you all just thought that the leather man was still alive today, but I'm sorry to report that he he did he did pass. What the man who slept in caves in the 1800s? Yeah, he, he has. He didn't make it. He's not made it. He didn't make it. I'm really oh. sorry. Shit. The leather man was found dead in one of his New York shelters in March 1889. Oh. Some accounts place his death as the result of a head injury. Others that he had cancer for which he refused treatment. In any case, locals laid him to rest in Ossing Ossinings. Barter Cemetery. Wow. Many years later, in 2011, officials decided to relocate his grave due to its proximity to Route 9 and the danger this presented to visitors. At the same time, the Ossining Historical Society won the right to inspect his remains and arrange DNA testing. The hope was that the testing would shed more light on his origins and test whether he had autism, as some claimed. The project wasn't without controversy, and a local history teacher, Don Johnson, who set up a site called Leave the Leather Man Alone, campaigned against it. <laughs> Johnson argued that uh, that Leather Man was intensely private in life, and that this should be respected in death. However, it wouldn't matter much in the end anyway, as when historians dug up Leather Man's grave, all they found were coffin nails. The Leather Man had seemingly vanished. Oh. He rises, he rises. he rises. He still walks his route today. Experts put the disappearance down to the impact of traffic and a nearby road grading project. In any case, it seems that for now, the Leatherman will remain as mysterious in death as he was in life. So I'm inferring from this that the poor quality coffin has kind of disintegrated and his remains have just sort of filtered through the earth, maybe? Right. Because of nearby road works, perhaps? Maybe. Yeah. I assume someone probably just dug him up. Yeah, I mean, that would be my first assumption, is that maybe, for whatever reason, someone wanted to rob his grave, or, I mean, I don't know what uh, the situation was in America, but there was a period of time in the UK when uh, people were selling bodies of the recently oh. deceased for, like, for medical science. 
Yeah. Um, 70 pounds of leather down there as well. If yeah, it's still yeah. intact, that's, that's extra fifties yeah. worth of <laughs> down there. With nothing to rebury, the nails and some soil from the original grave were placed in a new coffin and laid to rest on the cemetery hillside away from the road. The original grave marker, which wrongly read Jules Bourglet, went to a museum. Perhaps fittingly, the current grave marker is a boulder bearing a plaque that reads only the leather man. Uh, and he has been a sort of fixation of popular culture. Perhaps the most notable pop cultural artifact inspired by the Leatherman is the song of the same name by grunge rock band Pearl Jam. Uh, so they did a song about him. And also there's a race in Pound Ridge, New York, the Leatherman Loop, which is named after him and inspired by his travels. Uh-huh. And that's the story it's- of the Leatherman. That's magical. I quite like that. It's just a, a dude walking around and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, cool. That's a, it's like he, no one in their right mind would possibly do this. So let's create lots of backstory for him, even though he's yeah. probably a very <laughs> uncomplicated or potentially unwell man. Yeah. yeah. We'll never know. Oh. We'll never know. Mm. Thank you very much, Ben. Big yeah, fan. Thank you, ben. Big fan of the leather man. You're welcome. We all love the leather man here. We're going to find out next episode that he did lots of really heinous shit. And yeah. uh, actually, it's really offensive that you talked about the leather man on your podcast. Don't glorify a serial killer. Thank you. Although we do that relatively well, often. I, I Michael do does it. For my hands up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying the leather man was a serial killer, just to be clear. No. I'm just saying no. he might have. We don't know that he wasn't. <laughs> and he sat his name sounds like he was that's yes. all we're saying that's all i'm saying is that i think i can see a nose in his trousers that's all i'm saying it's <laughs> all we're saying well there we are thank you so much everybody for submitting your questions at home and you guys for your things this week uh it's been a lovely start to 2023 we'll be back in a couple of weeks of course and i believe michael johnson that there is some kind of shop I've forgotten the URL to the shop. Um, it's just vidiotsofficial.com, vidi- isn't yes, it? Yes, that's, that's it. a very real website. Wow, look at our website. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you say um, the, the, you need some socks for your feet? Well, sadly, we don't sell socks. We don't but sell socks. you could manufacture a T-shirt into a sock if you wanted to. We've got yeah. a host of goodies. If you head over to vidiotsofficial.com, click that enticing little shop button there. Mm, <laughs> oh, I've just it? done it. I've just clicked it. I'm looking oh, it's at it. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, feels uh, We've got a lovely host of T-shirts, cap, mug, stickers, and more, maybe. No, that's everything. <laughs> hoodie. <laughs> hoodie. Hoodie. Yeah, how to get the hoodie. Yeah. So if you want to get yourself a little, a little New Year treat, kick off your New Year, right? You can do so at vidiotsofficial.com. Mm. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all.com forward slash and if you go to vidiotsofficial.com forward slash discord you can go and find our discord and chat to podiots listeners slash vidiots viewers that's modded by tommy and fleckers thank you tommy and fleckers for your work over there twitch.tv forward slash vidiotsofficial occasionally we stream there i did actually do a stream in between the last episode before christmas thank you everybody who came along and donated so generously to uh to charity i think we've i can't remember the specific number i believe i let you guys know at the time but that's way back up in our chat but we've raised thousands of flipping dollars for charity we all have, of us yeah. together so thank you for, you for all of your for your generous giving we'll likely do more of that stuff this year so keep an ear out for as and when we may be streaming podiots.com is another website we own and if you go there and donate three pounds or more you can join pod squad and get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast and support us and we really appreciate it forever and ever mikey kick us off 
We begin with Raindrop Joy, Mike L. Blobby Moore's Deathpool. Oh, I just oh, got Mike it. Mike L. Blobby. Oh, Michael Blobby Moore. Oh, I just got it. Oh, Michael Blobby Moore's Deathpool. Very good. That's that's a that's a. But that's not really a niche that's a reference. Thinker, that's a thinker. That one. That's a thinker. Is a big scrot breath. Perineolum Pucanon present. This is a shart attack. New Year, newbies. Test donation, Mikey, don't read. Windy Miller. Sarah, please call. I've got clap. I fucking hate my job sometimes. Never trust a fart. Happy New Year, boys and girls. Mr. Black. Uh, the generous, almost as old as Atari, Donak07. Quick, stall for time. And Stephen Scordes. Ah, oh, lovely. Uh, also, just stalling for time. There we go. Uh, Froas <laughs> Noya Yartovich. Uh, New Year, same poop jokes. You know it's all about Dakum. Freddy Weber is a ball bag. Polish me ya ya, who was very generous. Thank you very much. And Wicks flick dicks in Wick. Blobby's sloppy blow jobby. 2023, now with more Wicks. It's me, Peter Austin, noted supporter of women. Uh, a glass of Dettol every day. Shit games, three wankers. I am the blob glogab Uh Missing that Carolussi. I come in the land down under and thousand yard potato smile. And finally, we have Bartex Jingle Bulks or j- Jingle. Is that an I? I think it's two L's, isn't it? The, the font uh, is very small. Jingle Bulks, I think. Jingle, it's not Jingle Balics. Yeah. No, yeah, it's two L's. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Mr. Sack drops into New Year. This is Crapolian, please ignore. The very generous Prince Beefcakes. Ploppy, pulp, my bum, don't stop. The very, very generous, generous, sorry, Koala Keeper Jess. The very generous Kermit, the Docks. This is Mikey again, please ignore. I'd pay £69 for an episode. Mr. Macca, this is Mikey, please ignore. Is a filthy wanker. Have you seen The Price O Grimace? Uh, Peter is the best math teacher. Brian from January Knife. New Year, now single River Fox. Your boy Milo and Big Titty Jesus 42. That's your pod squad once again. Podiots.com, £3 or more. Thank you so much to everyone for supporting us throughout 2022 and for kicking off 2023 with so much support already. We love you. Thank you. What What do I say next? Uh, what's out on videos this week, Peter? What's going on? <laughs> um, Vidiot's announcement, We Are the Vidiots, that came out on the 12th of January 2018 and got wow. has now got 50,000 views. Uh, and that's all. I mean, it's, no, it's no Shadow of Israfel announcement, is it? Which is what no. <laughs> just sets yeah, up for right. failure there, didn't they, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. That's it's all good. Uh, Mikey, where are you on the internet? At Parrotboy on Twitter is the best place to keep up with all of my internet antics go check it out i don't tweet that often but when i do you best believe it's a banger yeah (laughs) yeah get in there and peter where are we on the internet Uh, we are at team triple jump um as a two slash three person team with uh ashton matthews doing familiar little bits and bobs over there if you do miss the video days of uh, worst games ever and cooking and so on and you can also find us on Twitter at uh, that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. Mm, absolutely. Why not leave us a five star review 
or a, a review slash rating on your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. That's free. Leaving a five-star review doesn't cost anything. It just takes a couple of minutes. So please consider doing that. It helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. Right. Uh, we're, we're fucking done now. So you guys got a final question? Who we got? Um... Um, um, what um, predictions do you have? Yeah, the year of twenty twenty three. I'd also quite like to know what trends people tried to jump on and then had to abandon. Because I think I reckon yeah. there'll be some really great, embarrassing ones out there. Yeah, <laughs> especially fashion trends. I feel like those are the good ones. Yeah, give us the good stuff. Make give us cringe. Stuff. Let us know. Tell us all yeah. of them. Right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Look after yourselves. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.